Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hola, hola, mi gente. I'm Jessica Yanez, and this is the Wine and Chisme podcast. A podcast created to amplify voices and share the stories of people from BIPOC communities doing remarkable things. All while sipping on a glass of wine. So welcome to your new Wednesday. The Wine and Chisme Wednesday. Hola, hola, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of the Wine and Cheese My Podcast. Today, I am very excited to have my guest, Maria Maria. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I forget the rest of it. <laughs> the story. Yeah. She reminded me of the West Side Story, right? Yeah. <laughs> Growing up in Spanish Harlem. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's my intro. <laughs> yes. Alquisiera? Is it Sierra? Yes. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. You pronounced it perfectly. It's, it's a tough last name, even in Mexico, but you did it just right. Girl. Okay. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm really excited because you have a really, like, really cool background and I want to hear all about it. And I love that. Last year, I talked to another Maria, actually, Maria oh. Rizzo, who. Oh, yeah got into art and everything and you're you are very much an art person and you but your art is like very de- in regards to like you're a paint you're a painter right yes yeah also you work in art what's considered a different type of art a visual art with yeah so I'm really excited to get to know like all of the things because in some ways shape or form you're still in art so even yeah. though I think some people some people probably don't think of movies as art because they might be thinking of like, like the Avengers. big, yeah, <laughs> Avengers. That's what I was thinking. But we'll get into that. Pero before we get into that, we need to get into the wine before we spill the chisme. You like my new yes. background? I love it. Spill the chisme, chisme all the time. <laughs> Maria, what kind of wine are you drinking today? So I wanted to try something from a different country other than Mexico this time. So I found this one. It's Los Poetas from Argentina and it's a red blend. Uh, I'm like you. I've heard that you like a lot of uh, sweet wines. Um, So I decided just to try a red blend. So we'll see how, how it is. Yes. Well, I'm actually, because it's still before noon here. Yes. (laughs) Here's only one. But somewhere, somewhere it's 5 p.m. <laughs> I decided not to do a red today. So I'm doing Fatia wines, but it's a rosé, a rosé of Pinot Noir. But here's the coolest thing that I really like about this rosé is it's a very dry rosé. Oh. It's not a sweet rosé. So the first time I tried it, I was like, oh, hey, yeah. I like this. Because so often we associate rosé with being sweet. Right. And, but it's very, let's see. Like I can really smell, obviously you can smell strawberries and rosé, but I also s- smell like this citrusy thing. Yes. Oh, it smells so mm, good. I'm going to have to try it. It's, yeah. it's from your, I think the previous podcast you have with Pedro, right? Yes. I, yeah. I really want to try them. They weren't delivered on time, but I will totally try them. They look and seem amazing. You know what? I'm, I have to say, I am so, I feel so honored to every time I get to talk, not only to any one of my guests, because I get to really hear these really awesome stories and it just makes me so happy Yeah, to hear all of these stories and all of these different backgrounds, because we all have different backgrounds and different, yes. different experiences to draw from. But the other thing that I absolutely love is building these relationships with these Latino-owned wine brands, particularly across the U.S., because we are just not highlighted. 
And to be able to create the very first directory for Latineo and wine brands based in the U.S. and to be able to build these relationships and to be able to share these stories. I honestly, it's not something that I take lightly. I take it as yes. a responsibility. Totally. Share these stories because you guys, like every one of you as guests are allowing me to share your story. And you're trusting that I am going to share it properly, that I'm not going to take things out of context, that I'm not going to like try and do these gotcha moments or anything like that. Yeah. And I take all of that very seriously. So Yeah. And I think that on the side of the listener, you are educating us and you're providing all this information. And that's why I just fell in love with your podcast because it's a learning process for us on this side. So congratulations to you too. Thank you so much. Well, salud. Yes, saludita. Love it. Oh, this mm. is a good morning. This is a good 11 o'clock. 11 yes, I can wait to try that one. Yeah, when you get it, you're going to have to let me know what you think. Yes, totally. I will. So, Maria, let's get into the chisme. Let me read your bio. Maria was born and raised in Mexico, where her curiosity for art started. She then studied arts and culture in Rome and is currently living in Dallas. Passionate about art and business, she has developed professionally in the arts and culture sphere through her art practice and in business through her job at one of the biggest movie theater companies in the world. I am like super excited. Like I am getting to know art. I am not somebody who I love going to museums. I am definitely more of like, When I go to museums, I like the history, right? Like I like mm -hmm. to see things from certain periods and stuff. I feel like I look at paintings and I look at stuff and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I don't know what it means. <laughs> like <laughs> give the context, right? But I want to start about like, I would love to hear about how you grew up. Like what part of Mexico did you grow up in? Yeah. And when did you start getting this, your curiosity for art start really young? Yeah, so I was born in Mexico City. That's where all my family's from. And um, <laughs> Chilangisima, but not that much because when I, I was 15, we moved to Morelia. So actually just like Pedro from Michoacán. And my adult life really happened in, in Morelia. So I really feel from Morelia. I'm sorry, Chilangos. But, <laughs> you know, I think that that really marked my life in terms of having this diversity Uh, in terms of getting to know two different cultures, because even Mexico, it's so huge that if you move from city to city, you will find different history and the culture as well. Um, so I, it, that was an experience that really made me grow and start to getting more curious about a lot of things. And Michoacán has a lot of different culture, like from the fact that, you know, it's Aztecs and then in Mexico City and then Michoacán is Purépecha that changed completely. And I always liked history too. So for me, it was like a huge discovery. Now you can imagine I was 15. So um, it was a very difficult change. You can ask my mom, maybe I wasn't the easiest on them. Oh, I get <laughs> for that. that <laughs> I think I was 15 when we moved from San Diego to Albuquerque. Yes. And How was that? Like horrible. It was horrible. Yes. <laughs> so I understand your pain. Yeah, it's the end. It was the end of my world. I was like, mom, where am I? I'm not gonna have friends anymore. And you know, the teenager. The teenager. But um, fortunately, I mean, my parents have done a great job with my brother and myself raising us up and always trying to open our mind to new things. And so since I was a kid, of course, art was part of our life. My mom used to paint as well. And I have one of my aunts. She was professionally a painter. So I think I always had that reference. But, you know, when you start growing up, at least in Mexico or in my uh, sphere, thinking about studying art wasn't a possibility if you wanted to be able to pay for your bills. <laughs> right. It was go right. study something that has to do with business or What do you mean something art history? Yeah. Art history. Like, how are you going to get a job? And so I guess I had that. I was very conscious about that when I was, you know, finishing high school and trying to pick a major for college. So I decided to study international trade and commerce. I always liked, you know, since I moved to Morelia, I was like, oh, I like this change, but now I want to know the world. And so I was studying languages and trying to get to know as many cultures as I could through books. Um, you know, I, I was able to travel on outside the country till I was in college. So books were my reference of getting to know other cultures. 
um, that I could learn from and just be aware that the world's bigger than my, my own self, <laughs> my, yeah. what I have in my mind. I really always had the art practice with me, but not in a professional way. I saw it more as a hobby. And um, really, when I was in college, I left it for a while. Uh, you know, I was all about studying and having good grades. And um, I really liked studying. So it was, it was something that I enjoyed. I'm not saying college was suffering for me, but I was focusing more on getting a job which I think a lot of people do, right? Like things and the economy for a lot of, of people, especially in Mexico, it's not easy. And you have to be very conscious about that. And I think that's where I focused the most on, on college. Fortunately, like six months before I finished college, I got an internship at this company that I'm sure you know, uh, which is big in, in Mexico, Sinopolis. And uh, that was my dream job. And fortunately, when I graduated, I was able to stay there uh, full time. And as you said, you when you were in Mexico, did you start with Sinopolis when you were in Mexico? Yes, in Mexico, in Morelia. So they are Morelianos, 100%. So that's kind of the company everyone wants to work at, right? Because it's yeah. like this huge company and then it's the movie theater industry. So it's uh, fun. And I think it was just the, the best place for me to be. And I was very lucky to be able to, to be there. That's, no, that's so awesome. But I want to go back to something you were like you had put in your in your bio that you were able to study your arts and culture in Rome. Yes. So I want to hear about that because first of all, especially going to college in Mexico, I feel like a lot of people don't, unless you have a lot of money, a lot of people don't have a, many resources to be able to travel outside of the country. Am I correct? Yes, yes totally. And then beyond that, so being able to go to college and then being able to study in Rome, I want to hear like, how did that happen? Like growing up, were you guys like pretty okay, comfortable, or were you able to get scholarships to be able to do that? Like, I think those are always super, I'm always super curious in regards yes. to how people, because I've never traveled to Europe and I hate that. I am making a change. I've traveled to Central America. I've traveled to Mexico. Oh, wow. To the Caribbean, but I've never traveled overseas. So how did that come about? Yeah. So um, my dad, you know, he worked very hard and we were okay. We never like off the basics, but we did, we were aware of the fact that we needed to have scholarships and that was kind of the only way for us to have a good quality education. So as you mentioned, I didn't go out of Mexico until after college when I was working full-time, my full-time job, a corporate job, and I was, you know, saving a lot for me because that was a dream for me to go abroad. And I chose Europe. I was visiting a friend that was studying in Paris and um, that changed my mind. I was like, oh my God, I want to study in Europe. And that was the thing that activated that button in my mind of art. I was like, art is just my calling. So at that point, I was already four years of full-time job at this company. And, you know, I just, something happened. And I was like, I am afraid of leaving a corporate job that my parents have always told me that's what I have to do. And of course, they tell you that because they care about you and your future. But I am more afraid of not trying. And, you know, when I'm old, saying, what if I went to study art? And... Oh my God, Jessica, you, I mean, if you ask my parents, they, they remember this memory and they laughed, but at the moment they were shocked when I came back, you know, I was researching about master's programs in arts and I wanted to go somewhere that I didn't know anyone and that I didn't speak the language. I was like, if I'm going to take the risk, it's going to be a full risk. It's going to change me completely. <laughs> Yes, and I love languages, but I didn't speak Italian at the time. So Rome made sense. And then Rome, of course, you know, it's kind of the, um, the origins. The epicenter uh, of art. <laughs> exactly. So I went one day, a weekday after work. And we normally, you know, at least in Mexican families, dinner is very important. You gather and then you talk about your day. And I said, well, I have something to tell you. And their faces were just, I don't know, what whatever things went through their minds. And they were like, what's wrong or what happened? And I was like, well, I applied to a master's program in art in Rome and I got accepted and I'm going to go. And their first reaction, I mean, they've always supported me. But of course, we're like, are you going to leave your job? 
yes, I am going to take the risk. And, and, you know, I got a scholarship, but a big chunk of my savings, if not all of them went also, you know, for leaving there. So they just told me it's a big risk, but you can always come back and you have us. So go ahead and, and follow your dreams and take the risk. And you are, you're pre- we've prepared you, we've given you the tools that in case it's not a complete success, you can get back on your feet. First of all, let me just say, wow, because I thought I took a risk when I moved to Dallas for, you know, because I knew one person and I just moved and, but you took a risk and moved halfway across the world to to do this. But let me, I want to just say how important what you said is and was, you said, I would rather take the risk than regretting being old and not ever taking a risk. And I want to focus on that because there's so much, I think oftentimes we live, we paralyze ourselves with fear. Yes. We say, oh, again, like I was saying, I've never been to Europe. I want to go. No, I'm going to make it happen. You know, I was actually planning on going when the pandemic happened. Oh, yeah. You know, so obviously these last couple of years have been, have made it just more difficult. But I think that when we live in fear, we don't live life. Totally. And so I love that for you. I'm so like, that makes me so happy. I don't know if you saw my reaction. I was like, yes, (laughs) because you just took the chance. And I know like when we're younger, it's easier. I feel like when we're younger, it's easier to take chances, right? We have less responsibilities. We're just, I feel like we're fearless. And, but as we get older, we let that fear creep in, but we can't, we cannot. Yes. It's fine to be afraid, but we got to conquer that fear. And if we don't overface those fears and if we don't conquer it, I don't want to live my life regret. Like, I don't want to be una vieja and be like, <laughs> oh, I wish I would have done this. Oh, I wish I would have done that. And I want to be like, I was a badass. Yes. And you know what? I think that a lot of the time that fear comes from the fear of failing. Yes. And when we acknowledge the fact that failing relies on, stay, on staying static, that's what failure is. If you try it, you're not failing. Things might not come out as you wanted them 100%, but you tried it. So you didn't fail. And that was a lesson that took me a long time to learn, um, you know, because I didn't did this by myself only. I had a support group, my family, my closest friends. You need to surround yourself with them when you're taking these decisions because they're the ones that are going to help you take that step. And I think that now after the pandemic, we need them more than ever. And it's important that we, you know, you can say, help me. I need to talk to you about an idea. And yes, they can give you their most honest opinion. But if they love you and they know that's something you want, they will push you. And, you know, after a year of being there, you know how visas work and work visas are very difficult to get. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to stay there after my program. And I came back, Jessica, feeling as a failure. I didn't even want it to go back to Morelia because I was like, no, what was, I mean, I came back. And fortunately, with the same support group that I had with my family, they made me understand that it, you didn't fail because you tried it. And the moment you try something, failure is not, it's not a thing. It's not in the map anymore. Oh, I love that. I love yes. that you said that because it's so true, right? Like, yes, if you try it, you're not failing. You fail what you fail yourself. If you don't even allow yourself to try. Exactly. Yes. Girl. Yes. 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 That is so good. That's so powerful. Takes time. It's not easy, but if you're able to remind yourself of that, I think it makes it a little bit easier just to keep, keep on going. Yes. So how did you end up in Dallas of all places? Well, so of course, when I told my boss that I was leaving, they all knew that art was something that I loved. I think it's something that I just can't avoid talking about. So it made sense to them, right? It was like, okay, she loves art. And I guess I was 26 at the time. So as you mentioned, it made sense in, the, in terms of, well, she's young and it's the best time she can try it. And he was very open. He actually was 
very understandable. And he told me, yeah, it's the perfect time for you to do it. And fortunately, I had a good performance at my job at that point. So the doors were open, which I also think it's very important. Nowadays, we have so much access to stay in contact with people that it doesn't mean that if, because you try something different, you're going to close other doors. As long as you do your best, doors are always going to be open. And so when I came back, I was working at a art gallery. I lived for six months in Playa del Carmen because, you know, I came back a little bit like not knowing really what to do. Fortunately, I found a job there. And well, the world's small and I was looking for a job. I said, maybe I should go back to Mexico City or Morelia and um, asking for a letter of recommendation. He was like, wait, are you back? Are you looking for a job? There's a position that we think you could be good at in Sinopolis, but now in, in the U.S. branch. And I think that's just life guiding you to where you have to be. And that's how I ended up here in Dallas, which is there has a lot of art as well. So I have the best of both worlds. Yes. So did you, had you visited Dallas? Like I had never visited Dallas before I moved. No, Jessica, I've never been in the U.S. before I moved here. (laughs) You've never even been in the U.S. No, but when I came for like the travel of recognition, when they invited me to kind of see the city, um, it was the first time I traveled here. Like I had my tourist visa and I've never used it. So yeah, it was very funny for them. Like, oh, you've been in certain places outside Mexico, but you've never been in like the U.S., which is the easiest you know place to go because it's close <laughs> by. So um, for me, it was just another perk of moving here because it was another adventure. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I did speak English. So that part was better for me. I didn't have to start from zero like in Rome, but it was, I really liked it. I don't mean to interrupt you. Well, I kind of do because no. <laughs> I forgot to ask you. You said you didn't speak the language when you went to Rome. So are you fluent in Italian now after being Yes, here? I love languages. I So I, of course, since I was little, my parents uh, pushed me to learn English just because, you know, it's a good thing to have if you want a job when you're a grown up. But then I studied French, uh, then Portuguese, and now Italian. So um, Italian was easier. <laughs> yeah, how many? So... You so I speak four, four languages. Well, yeah, with five with us, with Spanish. Well, yeah, of course. That's a language, girl, of course. <laughs> un, un poquito, un poquito de español. <laughs> Mi español es más o menos mm. like Spanglish. <laughs> oh, no, but I like it. It's like very in and out. Yeah. But, you know, when I do go, when I do travel to Mexico and stuff, like I've been to Oaxaca, I've been yes. to San Miguel de Allende, I've been, Beautiful. To, Monterrey, I've been to other places. So when you drop me in there, give me a couple of days and then I'm like, all right, I'm fine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, totally. It, it, it's the same for, for me when I come, when I came here at the beginning, I was like, oh my, I think I don't speak English because, <laughs> you know, if I had to say this, but our brains are uh, fabulous and very mysterious mechanisms that you just, yeah. they just and learn. I remember words that I'm like, how did, I don't know. I don't remember knowing that word, but it just <laughs> right. comes out and I'm like, okay, yes. I guess I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm seeing you right now. Are those paintings? Are those paintings that you've done yes. behind you? Yes, these are my paintings. Uh, my favorite ones, the ones that keep me inspired. And in that this is like my design desk. So this is my working area. And then I know people might not see it, but I'm showing her my nine to five desk. So I have my two working areas in my apartment. <laughs> what would that type of painting be called? Because it wouldn't necessarily be abstract, right? Because I feel like abstract is more linear, more, am I, am I, I mean, I honestly have no idea about art. So no, that's the beauty. Honest. That's the beauty of art. Yes, this is abstract, but the reason why I like it is because you can, it's not very squared. And I feel that for me that, you know, half of my, my day or more, more than half of my day is spent in a more squared environment when one plus one is two. And this is what it is. Abstract gives you the opportunity of saying, well, this is what the painting make me feel. Uh, but this is what Jessica feels when she looks at the same painting. Um, that's the reason why I decided to uh, specialize in abstract. And I just like, you know, call what colors communicate and make you feel. So let me tell you that there's this one painting that you have that large painting Mm -hmm. with like the red. Okay. When I see that and I'll take a screenshot and, and post it at some point. So you guys can see what I'm talking about. Yes. 
I don't know what you were feeling, but literally it reminds me of almost like, like a neighborhood in Mexico from the top looking down. That's yes. what it reminds me of. Yes. No, it could tell me. And guess what? I made these inspired in a couple and, you know, this couple was traveling back and forth. And so I get, got inspired on railroads and that's the title of this painting. So you told, you're totally right. Like, oh my God, a vertical view of a city and I'll see. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like the first time I've ever, I probably ever have thought something that is, was actually it. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's, I think, something I'm trying to do from my art business is I think art has this perception of it's only for a few or you have to know about art to appreciate it or to even think about purchasing something for your home. And I learned that it's not the way art should be. And I think in Mexico, we live like that because we have so many cultures that you can go to a mercado the small market on the street and you will see art you will see the artisans and they're not all the things that artists and yeah. they are not saying i'm just going to sell to this or that person so i come from a country where art it's at the reach of our hands and i want to make the same i'm not saying i'm an artist and they have way much more better techniques but with what i'm doing i'm trying to just tell people hey art is for everyone and we all deserve and we're all entitled to have beauty in our lives every single day Love that. Wine break. Time to refill that glass and come back for more wine and cheese men. Skincare should be fun. And finding tu proprio skin regimen that you can look forward to todos los días es posible at Ulta Beauty. I'm in my mid-40s, and I've changed my skincare routine several times porque, unfortunately, as we age, our skin just needs un poquito de amor más a I make sure to visit Ulta Beauty for the latest skincare products that allow my skin to reach its full potencial. Ulta Beauty is the leader in skincare with a broad and inclusive assortment of skincare products where you, too, can take the journey para descubrir el potencial de tu piel. If you currently don't have a skincare routine, corre to your local Ulta Beauty and they will help you find los productos perfectos to meet your skin's needs and empieza a amar the skin you're in. ¿Qué esperas? Go ahead and head over to Ulta Beauty to shop for all your skincare needs. When you watch a movie, right? When you're at Sinopolis and there's all these movies coming out, do you watch a movie from an artist? perspective i do i'm gonna have to confess that i'm not a huge fan of these big uh, movies like action movies right. <laughs> like the ones you were mentioning at the beginning i really like so in mexico they have actually the art house from Sinopolis, and they do present more um artistic let's say movies where you focus a lot on how the camera is portraying certain scene the emotions the colors they're using we have this amazing institution in Mexico called La Cineteca, which brings movies from all around the world. When I watch those movies, it is very inspiring. And I'm more inspired by books. Books mark more of the uh, inspiration I get for my books, uh, sorry, for my paintings, but movies from that style do inspire me. And I think a lot of people, for example, get inspired in Wes Anderson because he has an amazing color palette on their, on his movies. Right. So I do think, you know, movies, books, and everything can be a source of inspiration. No, I agree. I think you can, I will say, I really admire, because there's so many different things of art that we don't even think of being art, right? Like, you could be an interior decorator and you're creating art, you're creating functional art for yes. those people to be able to live in. What you're doing with your paintings, you're creating beauty to be able to be hung in, in people's places of business or homes or anything like that. And then you have statues and you have like, there's just so many movies, again, yes. considered art, various art. And it's, different things speak to different people. And I think we just go about our day taking advantage of it, but then we don't realize like all of these things, muralists are artists Yes, by these things that, you know, normally would just be a blank wall or something, but they're bringing beauty and they're bringing, and oftentimes they're bringing culture and community yes. with those murals. And we just, I feel like we just kind of, so many of us, 
kind of just sleepwalk through our day, not realizing how much art actually influences our life because we don't one, take the time to stop and look at it or understand it. Or it's just so in so many aspects of our life that we don't even realize that that's actually art. Yes. No, I totally agree. Even building, you know, architects are artists and I do agree with what you say. And the, you know, I think when I started realizing that just take a look at your surroundings and find beauty, I think your life can improve. Absolutely. I feel like I want to hear your perspective on this because you are an artist and I feel like artists take things in so much more than people like myself who I don't, I guess, you know, I don't consider myself an artist or anything like that. So I feel like when you go through your day, you're much more intentional than probably like I am. Right. But I am trying, I am trying to be more intentional. I'm intent on being more intentional. (laughs) I love that. That I'm living in the moment, that I'm not constantly whipping out my phone to take the picture because I can take a picture. That's fine. But I like definitely don't post it right away. Yeah. Or I'm definitely not trying to, I I don't want to view life through my phone. I want to view life through my eyes and through my experiences and through my senses. Because if you don't, you miss out on so much, but I feel like artists, that's how you live your life every day. Am I wrong in saying that? Or am I just like, just throwing this like idealized (laughs) version on you? (laughs) No, I do think that, I think we all feel a lot and we have different outputs, right? Your output might be, and I think it is because you've shared, sharing stories about other people. And that's a very creative output. For me, it might be painting, but I think that what you're sharing, it's not exclusive of anyone. I think we're living it and a lot of it might be social media. And I'm saying that because sometimes when I'm painting my last collection that I did, I made a painting uh, based on each hour of the day because my goal this year, it's just what you said, be present and enjoy the moment. And sometimes Jessica, when I'm painting, I'm thinking, oh, I have to put my phone so people can see the video of my progress. And then I just lost that intentionality. I lost being in the present. I don't even know what's the next color I wanted to put. Maybe I'm thinking, oh, will this color be well reflected in the camera or not? So I think it's a challenge we are all going through nowadays where, you know, posting, it's so important. And for me as a business, it is. So the challenge I have, it's also just balancing that out. Also, if I go the other way, you know, and just be present all the time and I just paint and I don't show it, then it's not going to be out there. So yeah. I think it's a challenge we all go through nowadays in this reality uh, where social media, it's, it's, it's a great tool. Uh, if we can balance it properly. So how often are you painting every day? How often or how long does it take for you to, from beginning to end to finish a painting? So one of those paintings that you're looking at more like medium, it could take me a week. And the reason why it's taking a week is because I work, right? I have uh, my nine to six job. And as we all know, not all the time you finish at six, exactly. I try to be very disciplined. And then after that, most of the week, I try just to work on the business side of my art business, um, you know, invoices or just keeping my website updated. I try to leave the weekends to really focus on the painting, as you mentioned, being present, especially when it's an art commission. I am very lucky that I have people commission special arts for, for, for me to them. So a bigger canvas, 48 by 30 something can get me a month approximately. Um, it really just depends. If I could paint every day, I think I might be faster, but I try just to respect the process and of course be good at both my jobs. <laughs> yeah. What has been the biggest challenge in this journey in regards to not only just your art, like, like your life journey, right. But just in regards to your journey in where you are in your process of art and creativity, what have been those challenges? I think the biggest one is being patient, which I know I've never been patient in my life, (laughs) but you know, I'm working hard in terms of 
finding a strategy for me to be able to share my art with the world. And at the end, yes, I mean, it's a business. So I need to at least be able to have the income to purchase the supplies. So it's a lot of applying to grants or to sending your information to galleries or applying to contests. And, you know, most of the time you don't get a reply. Most of the time you're not the winner. And going back to the social media side, I feel like a lot of the information we're feeding to our brains is, oh, this person just won this contest. Oh, this person just made this huge sale. And we don't really get to think that behind that there's a lot of work. So my biggest challenge right now is just to accept that process, know that what I'm doing is valuable and that I'm doing enough, that I'm working hard, that I'm following my passion and that opportunities will come when they have to, because life has given me those lessons from the moment that after college, I got my dream job from the moment that I decided to go to Rome and I was able to, from the moment I came back and I was able to get a job in the company that I really, really liked in a different country. So I have to trust life, the life process. And that's the challenge where I'm right now, because there's some nights where I'm like, I'm going to live this. This is not working. (laughs) (laughs) But then the next day you wake up and you're like, just kidding. I'm going to keep going. Oh my gosh. I so get that. Right. We have those (laughs) moments where you're just like, Oh, I can't do anymore. I'm spent. I'm the, and then you're like, wait, no, I have more to give. And I have more, like I, my voice is valuable and your voice, you get to use it in your art. This is how I use my voice through here, right. Through the podcast. Yes. And I think that when you talk to people like you and I are having this conversation and you find that you both are going through the same things, I think that normalizes your process and it level your stress level. Cause you're like, all right, we're all in the same page and our success doesn't have to be at the same time as anyone else. My process is my process and I have to respect it and honor it. Easier said than done, but that's what I'm trying to do this year. (laughs) No, it's so true because I, I completely agree because I think that's why it was so important for me to talk to people from all walks of life, whether they're an, you know, whether they're an entrepreneur or whether they work at a corporate job, whether, because first of all, not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Right. And that's fine. Like I never thought I would be a quote unquote entrepreneur with the podcast and with the virtual wine tastings and, and these other things. I never thought that I, because I was always like, I don't have the drive for me. It was just finding the, the vehicle, right. And the podcast right. for me is the vehicle that I could get behind. And I don't mind the work. I don't mind the hard work that goes along with it. But I personally could not be an entrepreneur and have, like, I never wanted to be do like, in, I've had opportunities to do like insurance and this and that. And that was just never my thing. So when you reached out to me, and filled out the guest form. And I was really, really excited because I want to hear that. Like, how do you balance those things? How do you balance? Because everybody's different. The way I do it is different the way you do it. Like I wake up, I work on my stuff for the podcast, take my dog for a walk. I come home, get ready, walk to work, work. And then, you know, and that's changed over the last couple of months with this new job. And then I come home and still work on the podcast. So it's always really very fascinating to hear how people's processes are and what they do. You work on the business part of your art Mm -hmm. Monday through Friday and let the creativity be able to come, you know, like focus on the creativity on the weekend, which I'm sure is, is that hard to categorize? Do you ever get like bouts of inspiration? You're like, it can't come right now. I need like, what do you do when you get this flash of inspiration in a moment? Yes. I think that it's, again, it's kind of just, I think I had to realize it's just like my job at this movie theater company. Sometimes I'm working in a presentation and I can't, I just can't make the slide make sense. And I have to walk away, maybe, you know, prepare a tea and then come back to it. And it's not different when I'm painting. Sometimes I'm just not doing it right. I don't, I'm not getting what I want in the canvas and I have to walk away as well. And I think that it's, what you mentioned about the balance, it's very interesting because I think it's getting more normal after the pandemic of people doing two things. I think that's a great opportunity that the pandemic gave us as bad as it has been to say, if you have two passions, then you can follow them. Because when I came back from Rome, I was missing the corporate environment. 
you know, like having presentations and following up with your goals. And I think that has helped me a lot with my art business. I'm not just painting, I'm managing a business. I have my P&Ls and everything I need to make sure it's a success, but they're not very different. And I need to respect when I'm working on one and on the other, you know, time management has become more important and just, you know, trying to accept that they are going to coexist, that I'm not longer looking for just doing one or the other. I'm happy doing both. And I think both, you know, sometimes when I'm painting, I'm like, I think I can make this light this way. And then you just get that idea. (laughs) Or when I'm making a slide, I'm like, oh, I think I could add orange to the painting. So they're, you know, both worlds are, I'm very, I feel very lucky for this. No, that's awesome. And it, it seems like your, your work is very supportive in regards to what you're doing? Oh, yes, they are the best. And um, I remember when I came here, I was just six months in and I had a exhibition in, uh, it was a building and they had a rotating artist every month. And it was on a Friday at like one. So we're working. Well, our boss was like, well, everyone can leave. We'll just go to Maria's exhibition. And they all showed up, <laughs> you know, cause I didn't awesome. have any friends at the time. So yeah. <laughs> they all showed up and, and they support me, you know, like they follow me on Instagram and, you know, if I do something new the next day, they're like, Oh, we saw what you posted. It's very cool. So yeah, I think, and, and a lot of them are doing projects as well. I think we all, you know, when home office started, we all started to diversifying And it has just built a very interesting group of support there as well. Yeah. So what do you, what is next in your art journey? Where do you see your art going? Where do you want it to go? What's next? The question. Well, I would really like to do more of maybe an educational part. I think when I started listening to your podcast, I was very inspired by it. And listening to all the stories of people, you know, adding something back to the community. I think that I'm still trying to find a way that I can give back in terms of, okay, I'm sharing my, my art and I'm trying to, you know, break the bridge and say there's different sizes and different budgets. You, you know, instead of going to maybe Ikea, you can get an original, but doing a little bit more of an educational part of my business. I would love to, you know, make it a more relaxed subject where everyone can just say, Oh, I just bought a piece of art and it doesn't have to be at Sotheby's for millions of dollars. <laughs> okay. Maria, I'm not lying. Like as you're talking, I'm, I, there's this, my wall in my living room that I've been looking for something forever. And I'm thinking I need to talk to Maria about yes. this for me because First of all, that made me feel so bougie that I can yes. <laughs> No, But I, you know, it's so important, not only for me, but I think so many of the people who listen to this podcast to support various people within various communities of color, you know, and I want to support my community. And yeah. I'm, like, I've just been so excited hearing your story and seeing like, thank you, just seeing what's the paintings you're doing behind you? Like it does affect me. And I don't even know why to be perfectly honest. Like I, I see the one, like you have that one with the blue and the white, and I don't know if it's, if it's um, gold or if it's brown. So obviously living in San Diego, the ocean is very, very important to me. Like, and that's what gets me. Like I get that chaotic feeling, but also this calming feeling from that, like this ocean type of feeling. And Obviously the other painting I was saying, like, it just very much reminded me of a neighborhood from, you know, the, the vertical view. Yes. Yes. I think that's so awesome. So people want to be able to do that. I think that's so awesome. You want to educate people. First of all, like, what is your website? How can people reach you? What is your social media? Because people want it, want to be able to do that, but they feel intimidated. Yes. They feel like it's going to cost them way too much money. Mm-hmm. And they don't even know where to begin to do that. So if people want, like, how do people even start that process? Totally. No, that's a, that's a subject I'm passionate about. I think that one of the main areas of opportunity of art is that they put a painting and they don't put a price. And that just kills the value of it from my point of view. If I'm able to see something I like and I'm able to say, okay, I can't afford it or I can't, but maybe I can save for it that changes the whole approach to an art piece. So uh, for starters in my website, there's always, you know, the art piece, um, the price, 
Um, there's also the opportunity of having installments. And I just decided to add that in my website because that has helped me to purchase art. So I'm just, I'm creating, you know, the opportunities that I had when I started collecting art that I found artists that I was like, wow, can I actually afford that? And I'm not going to be in debt. <laughs> so I'm trying just to replicate what helped me approaching art. And there's also this part of each of the art pieces I create have a story. It's not only going to be like, I did two brush strokes, here you go. There's a background on why I was inspired to select in certain colors or what was the thing that inspired me. Sometimes it's, you can say, oh, Maria, I read this book and she was inspired to make this point to this painting. And I read that book as well. So I want to, the piece not to be just a product, but a connection that will go further than just making click, pay, done, shipping. Right. It's something that you're going to be connected to because I'm connecting to the pieces. So I think that the first way to approach collecting art as us, you know, people that are starting, it's just going, Instagram is great. You can find a lot of emerging artists that not only you'll be supporting their careers, but you're also going to have a lot of uh, variety to say, okay, my range is this and I want a piece like that. And even commissions, like you mentioned, commissions are amazing. And for me are an honor and the most fun paintings to do because the interactions you have with the other person, when they tell you their story, like you mentioned, people share your story with you and you're able to share them with words. In my case, I shared it through a painting. And at the end, the, those connections will never go away. Yeah. So for me, it goes way beyond a canvas. Um, so I would suggest people that would like to start collecting to go Instagram or Google emerging artists or abstract art or figurative art or blue art. You can Google everything and you will find different results that can lead you not only you know, to the biggest galleries, but to emerging artists as well. That is awesome. Who are some of your influences when it comes to art? Well, actually, the my favorite painting ha painter has nothing to do with abstract. Um, it's, of course, an Italian painter, Artemisia Gentileschi. She's from um, the 16th, 16th, 17th century. And she used to tell a lot of stories, of course, at that time from the Bible. But the way she portrayed the emotions with color, it's something that marked me so she's a reference i've read all of her books like i am a nurse on artemisia gentileschi and she's the reference on how every time i do a painting i need to tell a story i need to have feelings in it and at the end it might be a decorative piece but it's going to have a story behind it nice what are there any more current artists that have inspired you um Current, yes, it's more like the 60s, <laughs> maybe the AbEx movement. So a lot of abstract painters. So for example, I'm sure you know Jackson Pollock. Um, right. He used to have like, like this splatters of paint. Well, his wife was actually a pioneer on abstract painting. So that's also like, you know, the female side of art that has been hidden for a long time. Mm -hmm. And nowadays we're just getting to realize how influential they were in abstract art. They say that Klimt is the father of abstract, but Hilma, who was from uh, the Northern countries, was actually the one that started making the, the signs in terms of spirituality and abstract before Klimt. So um, just every single female that has been influential in the ABEX movement, it's definitely an influence and the books as well. Books, the way that people write and tell their stories, it's an inspiration for me to just, you know, I said I like languages. So I also like translating lyrics into painting. Ooh, I would love to see how that looks. That's so cool to be able to, my mind does not work like that. So I just, I get <laughs> so fascinated because you know how some people look at a room and they're like, oh, that should be here. That should be here. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, um, are people like, and my only thought is really like, do people feel at home? Do people feel comfortable? Like, yes, that's all I care about. I don't like, I have friends who have beautiful eyes and I'm like, you want to help me? Cause mm -hmm. I mean, I guess my design aesthetic would be more like traditional or maybe a little traditional modern, but yeah, but I don't look at things going, Oh, I don't just see it in my head. Right. And I, I just so admire people who can see lyrics and you're like, Oh my gosh, I could see the colors. I could see this. I could see that. I think that's the coolest thing. 
Oh, thank you. I do. I think that's so, so awesome. Um, what is your website or for actually, before you give the website, I want to give you the opportunity. If there's anything that I have not asked and you still want to share, I want to give you the opportunity to do so now. I think we've covered everything. I really, when I reached out to you, I wanted just to have the opportunity to talk to you and learn from you in real life because I've been listening to your other podcasts. I really like the way you, it's like a dance when you tell someone's story. And I really like that. I wanted to experience that. So I'm very grateful for, for the space. And I think that with the questions you ask, you make people, at least me, realizing all the things. And I think that's a, a big power that you have, um, you know, when, when you ask people. No, it, I, I think so, because that's why I felt when I was listening to the way you um, tell people's stories. And I guess the only reason why I wanted to be in the podcast is to be part of your community, to be able to discover other parts of uh, me like when you ask me what's next i'm like wow i mean i know what's next but now with everything jessica's asked me maybe there's more options so you just open other other doors and i think that's very powerful and i just want to say that i think there's a lot of people out there maybe having questions about what they should do should should they follow their dreams and i think failure is a big fear that we all have and i know my story is not even 20% written. I hope I can write much more pages in the book, but you know, just encourage everyone to follow their dreams and to be aware that there's no failure in trying. Absolutely. I think like we were saying earlier, the fail, you only fail yourself if you don't try. A hundred percent. What is your website and your social media so people can find you? Yeah. So my website is Alkisira, my last name, alkisirafineart.com. And my Instagram is at Alkisira Fine Art. So my last name and Fine Art, you will find me there. And we will make sure to have all of that in the show notes. So you can go to the show notes and just click over on that. Maria, stay on because I like, I'm going to have everybody go because, you know, we love you, but we can't keep you guys on here forever. But (laughs) I want to talk to you about commissioning a piece. Of course. I would love that. You guys, your girl's getting bougie. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So cool. (laughs) Maria, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really, really appreciate it. I am so excited to see where your journey takes you and the different things that you do. That makes me so excited. And I want, you've made me want to be a part of it. Seriously. Your, oh, that's awesome. your smile is contagious. Your energy <laughs> is just amazing. You can see how much you love what you do. And I'm like, I got to be a part of that. How can I be a part of that? So thank you. Thank you. Um, until next time, mi gente. Saludos. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wine and Chisme podcast. For more information on today's guest, please see the show notes for links to websites and social media channels. You can check out all things Wine and Chisme on our website, thewineandchismepodcast.com. There, you will find the names of wines I drink each episode, as well as additional information on me, the podcast, and you can even apply to be a guest straight from there. You can also find us on social media at The Wine and Chisme on Instagram and at The Wine and Chisme Podcast on Facebook. Remember, if you want to hear more Wine and Chisme, please subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star ratings are appreciated and those positive reviews are appreciated even more. Until next time, saludos.